0: The Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. Hello, and welcome to The Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. My name is Joni Siegel, and I am the host for this podcast. This is episode number 225. I want to ask you to be sure and subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Please also subscribe on YouTube and give us a thumbs up. Give us a good review wherever you listen to podcasts and go to our website, theaddictionpodcast.com and sign up for our email list. We don't spam you. We just send you notifications every time we put up a new episode. And sometimes we send you notifications about events that you might be interested in. Today's episode is with a gentleman we have talked to before, but he is so knowledgeable and so on the front lines with addiction that we're having him on again. We're talking to Michael DeLeon. Michael is a successfully acclimated ex-offender who, after nearly eight years of drug addiction and gang involvement, spent 12 years in state prison and halfway houses for a gang-related homicide. Michael is on a mission since he's been out, a mission to educate the youth to stay on the right path when it comes to serious life issues, especially drugs. He's become the number one booked school presenter in the country let's talk to michael de Leon. michael de Leon, thank you for being on our podcast again you are on the front lines of addiction and i think that that's super important give us just the quick and dirty on your background so that people know from whence you speak sure
1: so uh It all started, you know, where did it all begin? You got to go, everyone's talking about root cause right now, whether you're talking about the border or homelessness or addiction, go to the root cause, right? So the root cause for me was trauma. And uh, in my 46 years of addiction experience, the root cause is often trauma, 90% of the time. So my trauma began really at the age uh, of 11, uh, 5th grade, Ah, uh, sexually abused by a pedophile priest for three years, all through middle school, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, and pretty much immediately after that began, um, I started smoking cigarettes. Handed a pack of cigarettes by a kid in my neighborhood uh, to deal with my stress. I was stressed out, and this was going to calm my nerves. So, you know, obviously, it's a lot different back in the 70s when you're when you're comparing our knowledge to today. Knowledge is uh, very important, what you know, you know. but in the 70s, a pack of cigarettes a kid, not good, but uh, you know, no one knew it was going to become the number one cause of death in the world, right? So cigarettes, within a week, alcohol, within a month, marijuana. So nicotine, alcohol, and marijuana. And again, in my 46 years of addiction experience, I've come to find that that's the 90% ca- uh, causal factor in all addiction in America, alcohol, nicotine. And marijuana so pills cocaine heroin meth every drug you can think of a long addiction and in 1995 um after a horrendous crime that uh, i caused in my family uh the death of my mom on mother's day 1995 there was a hit on me and the hit unfortunately uh hit her and um She passed away in 95. I went to prison for five years. Uh, The addiction was suspended, arrested if you will, for five years, but within 10 months of release from prison, I was back on drugs again and back in prison for seven more years. I took a five-year prison experience. I turned it into a 12-year nightmare. And when I was in prison the second time, I got involved in a program called Scared Straight. Many people are familiar with Scared Straight program. I helped develop a a secondary program for the New Jersey Department of Corrections called Project Pride, P-R-I-D-E. It was an acronym that I came up with called Personal Responsibility in Drug Education. And we took that program to schools all over the state of New Jersey. And when I got out of prison in 2007, I decided I was going to do that full-time I was going to dedicate the rest of my life to that and I found it steered straight not scared straight steered straight and now I've become the number one book school presenter in the country which is amazing the number one book school presenter still boggles my mind that uh you know no other single presenter is um is doing that um you know to schools and centers all over the country and then I also go back into jails and prisons um throughout America and I try to Talk to men and women about turning their life around, changing the direction of their life. Because a lot of people don't realize that 90% of females in prison and 80% of males in prison, they're actually parents. So who's really affected by that incarceration? It's those children. So I want to prevent kids from growing up to be me, uh, but I also want to get men and women to change their lives that are uh, on drugs and in prison change the direction of their lives so they can become parents again, you know, and prevent their kids from becoming incarcerated. So coming out of this pandemic of coronavirus, COVID, um, it's worse than ever, okay, it's worse than ever for kids, it's worse than ever for addicts, it's worse than ever for people in recovery, and it's worse than ever for our country because we are losing more people to suicide and more people to drug death and crude death than ever before in our country. So that's my mission.
0: Your mission is awesome. Michael, when you go into schools, because you're back in schools now, what is the number one thing that you see really resonates with the kids? Like you start talking about blah, and they go, oh, yeah, and you see that light go off or go on. What What is the number one thing you find resonating with kids?
1: So the year 2019, um, amazingly, I did 708 schools. It was oh the number one year. We had 708. We did almost 2,200 as an organization. But I entered 708 schools myself. And I'm telling you, the number one issue in 19 was vaping for kids. Number one issue, number one thing that they were dealing with was vaping. Uh, marijuana was right there. Same same because we vape marijuana. okay? And now the kids are vaping marijuana. So... Vaping and THC ingestion was the number one use uh, uh, issue I was dealing with in 2019.
0: And, va- and not just vaping THC, but also just the, the content of nicotine that they can get from vaping, right?
1: Right. And nicotine salts, which is a higher concentration of nicotine. It's a more addictive substance. It's raw. And that's what uh, the, the tobacco industry invented as a way to hook kids. People think it was invented to help people quit smoking. I'm not saying it hasn't helped anybody quit smoking, but that's not the intention of the invention. It was invented to hook kids on a high potency of nicotine so they become cigarette smokers. That was a tobacco industry strategy. And now we're vaping everything, crystal meth, heroin, fentanyl, you can vape. I don't care what drug you have, I can put it in your vape pack. Uh wow. vaping, of is, is vaping is gonna become the number one ingestion method for all drugs. So you're not sitting there putting a needle in your arm, you're gonna vape the drug. Um, but, you know, that's that's a very in-depth um, conversation. But and so was- but when you
0: talk about vaping, the kids, do they go, oh, yeah, I vape? You know, is that, or do you get a lot of, like, response like that when you talk oh, to
1: the yeah. kids? 75% of high school kids are vaping. 75%. People think I'm crazy. You have no idea what I'm talking about. If you well, don't parents believe- think it's okay. <laughs> yeah, well, they they were misled, you know, not to defend them, but... Uh, kids were misled. America was misled. I mean, I've had parents come up to me and say, "Well, it's just flavored water," and I said, "Oh, really? Who who told you that?" And they say, "Well, my child." And they're how old? Oh, Fourteen. Yeah. But your fourteen-year-old told you it's just flavored water, and you just rolled with that.
0: And how much advice do you take from your fourteen-year-old? Just out yeah. of curiosity. I
1: mean, these days, you know, they want sixteen-year-olds uh, to vote. So I guess we, you know, it, it just boggles my mind the lunacy. And then the squeaking wheel, I always say say this, you know, people say the squeaky wheel is the one who gets the oil, right? Um, These days, the squeaky wheel, which is the minority, they get more attention. And we just listen and we stay silent because Americans don't want to be, you know, attacked or uh, deemed racist or deemed, you know, QAnon or something like that or a conspiracy theorist. You know, I often listen to people talk to me about drugs and they've never done drugs. They're telling me what's how to fix our prison system. They've never been incarcerated. Or they right. tell me we should just legalize all drugs like Portugal did. And I say, here, could you find Portugal on this map, please? Uh, you can't even find Portugal on a map, but you want to tell me what they did. They've never right. been there. They've never, they don't you could even find it on the map. And secondly, Portugal didn't legalize drugs. They decriminalized drugs we're not portugal you know right. we just, we just do what portugal did but we're not portugal we're the united states of america legalizing and decriminalizing drugs is not the answer in a country that is pharmaceutical driven psychiatry driven you can't do that okay we we have to take um steps and we want to change things i'm uh, I, i'm very involved in criminal justice reform sentencing reform prison reform i'm involved in addiction reform There's smart approaches that we need to take to certain things, but legalizing and decriminalizing all drugs is not the answer.
0: Okay. Yeah, we'll get flack when you say that, Michael, but it's very, very true. It's not the answer, and it's if you just look at what's happening in the state of Colorado, it's not a pretty scene there. Right.
1: It's just not. The state State Senate in Colorado just uh, passed a bill to rein in the marijuana industry in a big, big, big way, but Pandora's box is already open. in california there's a sheriff going after he has more uh, legal cartel marijuana grow operations in his county than he's ever had in the history And he's been in law enforcement over for over 30 years people said well if we legalize it we would get we would get rid of the cartel but when as soon as someone said that you don't really understand drug (laughs) killing do you you know Uh, We're going to have a bigger cartel uh, problem than ever. When you legalize drugs and you tax it, you incentivize the criminal element. You don't get rid of it. You incentivize (laughs) it. People are just morons. And we listen to these talking points out there and then people roll with these talking points. I don't mind getting flack. I don't mind getting attacked. I love it. I love debating people, especially people who think they know what they're talking about.
0: Well if we tax it Michael then the, then the drug dealers will be able to will be able to sell it cheaper. The right. cartels will be able to sell it cheaper which is why people go from you know actual prescription pain pills to heroin because heroin is cheaper than oxycontin. So you try and tax it you're going to make it just that much easier for the cartels to come in and deliver.
1: Right and no one ever addresses the addiction element and the tolerance element because people get addicted and then they need more and more and more. And then when you take that stigma of an illegal drug away, you you normalize it and you decrease the perception of harm. So more people use and kids are looking for an escape. And so from 2019 to 2021, because I've been back in schools live since probably, uh, well, since October. So we really didn't miss anything live. We're not doing as much. We're doing a ton of virtual stuff. We're doing more virtual than ever uh, before. We're doing triple the amount of virtual that we're doing live. But about 50% of the schools have been open live since October, November. And so we've been focusing on those states, uh, Texas, Florida, the Dakotas, Nebraska, Wyoming, Wisconsin. If you look at who runs those states, you can figure out who's had kids back in schools. Um, it's 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 a no brainer but we've been in the schools live with those kids. And many of the schools were wearing masks, you know, trying to get kids to social distance, you know, which we've come to find out, none of that mattered. But um, we've actually been in schools live, but the number one thing we're hearing from kids, sexual abuse is rampant, 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 rampant. In the last 10 years, as soon as I'm done with the presentation, I have a line of kids lined up to talk to me, a line of kids. I openly talk about my sexual abuse. I openly talk about my physical abuse. I openly talk about my drug use and experimentation that turned into full-blown addiction at 11, 12, and 13 years of age. And kids lined up to talk to me because they didn't want to ask a question out loud for fear of embarrassment or kid-making fun of them. And in 2019, about 30% of those kids that were lined up to me uh, openly talked about being sexually abused. By now it's
0: about by relatives
1: by relatives it, it's always relative it's not always relatives it's 90% relative you know it's like you know cracks me up about you know the megan's lawn the stranger uh pedophile pedophiles are in our homes okay 80% of sexual abuse is a relative uh immediate family member secondary family member about 70 about 30% of those kids that were lined up were talking to me about sexual abuse Some of them currently being sexually abused. I just got off the phone this morning with a prosecutor and a defense attorney in Wyoming uh, from a girl who came forward to me in the fall, whose stepfather was arrested as a result of her coming forward to me and the counselor becoming involved. He was sexually abusing other kids. He was a coach in another high school. So now he's being prosecuted. So I have to do a call. I might be subpoenaed in the case. But this happens to me all the time. But now, since October, since October 20 till present day, about 60 to 70% of the kids who are talking to me after a presentation were sexually abused. About 60 to 70%. About 40% are self-harming, kids pulling up their arms, showing me their scars, self-harming, that was about 10% before COVID. And 70 to 80% of the kids are talking to me about anxiety, they're depressed, Okay, They're on psych drugs, they're on medication for their anxiety or the depression, um, and it's really scary, and no one's talking about it. And the, the real scary thing for me is a lot of them are talking about using marijuana or vaping. And when I ask them, well, have you talked to your primary doctor about your marijuana use or your nicotine use? And they're like, no, man, no. Okay, well, so your primary doctor, the one who's prescribing you Ativan, the one who's prescribing you anti medication, doesn't know that you're using THC at the same time. That's a big problem, okay? Or they're drinking, and they haven't talked to their parents about their drinking. So uh, I had a mom just yesterday email me about a test that we, uh, we do um, about just determining how your body can metabolize certain drugs, and she just matter of factly, so nonchalantly said well my 15 year old's a marijuana user and they want to see a psychiatrist and go on depression medication and we want to know the name of that test that you uh, mentioned so we can get the test to make sure they go on the right medication now i'm not a doctor i'm not going to give medical advice i'm not going to give medical advice i gave them the name of the test and a lab that can do it that i'm not affiliated with because i don't want to be involved at all but i just said to the parent you know, really, really get a second and a third opinion from other doctors, because that might not be the answer to your child's problem.
0: You are listening to The Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. For more information on the podcast, or to reach out if you have a story you would like to share with us, go to our Facebook page by the same name, or you can email us at theaddictionpodcast at yahoo.com, or go to our website, theaddictionpodcast.com or call us at 727-314-7080. And please remember to subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and give us a five-star review. Sometimes, the hardest thing about getting someone into recovery is getting them to agree to treatment. Bobby Newman, a certified drug counselor with 30 years experience and an over 85% success rate as an interventionist, has created a series of 12 videos that you can use right now to learn every step to get your loved one to agree to treatment. Call 1-833-918-0008 today and say the word podcast to get a 10% discount. Or go to newmaninterventions.com and type in the word podcast for a 10% discount. This service comes with a free one-hour consultation with Bobby.
1: But marijuana use at 15, that might be a big contributing factor to the reason that they're so depressed. Okay, and make sure that your doctor, that you're going to go and see through telehealth, okay, knows that your child is a marijuana user. So when they prescribe a psychiatric, when prescribes a psych drug, the psych knows that they're on marijuana. Um, you know.
0: You know, it's fascinating, Michael, I'm sorry to cut you off, but we interviewed um, a woman last week and she is, she's a retired psychiatrist. Interestingly enough, what she uses for treatment for drug addiction is five point acupuncture in the ear. So she's not prescribing drugs, which is kind of cool. But one of the things she told us about the long-term effects of the use of the marijuana of today is that it can cause um, hallucinations and it can cause delusions that do not go away when the person stops taking marijuana and they can be permanent now that to me is scary i mean if someone's on heroin and they get completely clean from heroin chances are they won't have long-term whatever effects from heroin like i mean there might be some physical things but my point is there are a lot of drugs that when you stop taking them you stop experiencing what the drug causes but the high levels of thc can cause effects that continue even when you stop and they you can't fix them
1: you know we it's absolutely 100 percent true Uh, With long-term heroin use, you're going to have other physical problems, like you mentioned, hep C and other other blood-borne diseases. You're going to have toxins from the heroin It's going to affect your body for sure. But you're right, the the drug effects of the heroin is not going to – but cannabinoid receptors in the body are much different. And we haven't studied cannabinoid receptors in this country. We haven't studied them like other receptors in the body. Okay, their opioid receptors have been studied ad nauseum, you know, especially since the opioid epidemic. But we haven't studied cannabinoid receptors. And now, in the te- in, I live in Nashville, Tennessee, and marijuana is medically, uh, you know, available in Tennessee. Uh, cannabidiol, CBD, unfortunately, they're selling Kratom everywhere in stores all over the country, just like in Florida. Uh, and, and that's a very, that's another conversation for another day, but be very <laughs> dangerous to a lot of people. But um, cannabidiol CBD uh, is a molecule, many molecules out of the cannabis plant out of the hemp plant that are not THC. And people say, well, that's different, that's safe. Well, I've been trying to tell people for five years, not all CBD molecules are safe. There are psychoactive CBD molecules. People say, you're crazy. You don't know what you're talking about. Okay. So there's a molecule called Delta-8 that has been harnessed for the last six years, seven years. But now we've been pulling it out and manufacturing it and selling it in the market for three years. But when Trump signed the farm bill two years ago, He legalized every molecule in the hemp plant. And people think hemp is not cannabis. Hemp is not getting you high. Untrue. Delta-8 is in both hemp and both cannabis, and Delta-8 is a psychoactive drug. So when Trump passed a farm bill and legalized every molecule in the hemp plant, so these CBD companies and vape shops are selling Delta-8 out of the hemp plant, which is legal. It's technically illegal under... Uh, the DEA's um, uh, drug um, routing, which is, is a Schedule One drug. It's technically a Schedule I drug illegal uh, in this country, but since it's out of the hemp plant, that Farm Bill legalized every molecule. So we're in a conundrum, right? We have a molecule that's illegal that's legal at the same time <laughs> federally, and nobody in Congress wants to even address this. And the real scary part of it is Delta-8 out of the cannabis plant seems to be more psychoactive, seems to be easily manipulated and more, ge- and more easily genetically modified and to you more high. Well, the problem is all these shops are selling Delta-8, advertising it on the packaging that it came from hemp, but it didn't. It came from, it came from uh, 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 cannabis. And now I'm finding more and more and more Delta 9, which is marijuana THC, being sold as Delta 8 from the hemp plant. And the packaging is fraudulent. And so I'm talking to the Tennessee Department of Investigation, talking to Tennessee State Police, I'm talking to New Jersey State Police, I'm talking to the DEA, I'm talking to the Justice Department, and no one's paying attention. And so here's what's going to happen. We're going to have a massive amount of children using these products that are getting them from vape shops across the country in all 50 states. And we're gonna have a massive amount of addicted marijuana users in this generation. And so now all these kids have been home from school. All these kids have been buying this stuff online. All these kids have been getting this stuff at vape shop. When they come back to school, If I sat down with 100 educators and put it on the screen, Delta 8, maybe two educators would raise their hand. There's another molecule behind Delta 9 called Delta 10 that's even more psychoactive than all the other molecules, including Delta 9. Nobody's ever even heard of Delta 10, yet it's in the market being sold right now. So our federal government, our state governments are not protecting families and kids. When these kids come back with higher anxiety than ever, higher depression than ever, loss of connection, this big transition coming back from virtual learning into this big, big social you know, melting pot. They're not prepared, and the educators aren't prepared, and the counselors aren't prepared. We are in the middle of a mess, a mess, and uh, that's why we're getting booked. We just booked 46 schools in New York, nine school districts over 11 days. Uh, I'm going to be doing nine school districts in 11 days in New York, and that the guy I was talking to understands this, the counselor. He says, I need you to educate our educators, educate our parents about what's coming. I'm I'm like the Nostradamus of, of drugs. I'm telling you what's coming, and America's not prepared for it. And then I'm not a Republican, okay, I'm not a Democrat, I'm more conservative than liberal, but what's going on on our southern border right now? The floodgates of fentanyl are open, and fentanyl is pouring into our country. So while all this marijuana stuff is going on, we're moving from a paradigm shift of overdoses to poisoning. So it's no longer that the person overdosed on heroin. They were poisoned by fentanyl. And yes, the end result is the same thing, a dead addict. But the process is different, and we're not even addressing that. Wow.
0: Wow. Wow. You know, you said something when you first started talking and you've just repeated it again, but I think one of the most important things that has to happen is to educate people because people just don't know. Do you also get the opportunity to talk to a lot of parents? Because, you know, parents need to know this this information. They need to know what it means when their kid is vaping and what Delta 8 is and Delta 9 and Delta 10, because I certainly wouldn't have known until you told me today.
1: So I'm educating, uh, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm educating people. When we're speaking, we have some stuff on our website. I'm writing a big, big, big white paper about it. That's going to be on our website, SteeredStraight.org, SteeredStraight.org. So I'm trying to get the information out there. We're doing as many videos as we possibly can, um, but I'm trying to get it stopped at the same time. I want regulation. If you're going to legalize. You know every molecule in a plant but you don't even know what some of those molecules do and then what the market is doing to it um and who who they're marketing it to but you're you're really jeopardizing kids and you're jeopardizing families so i need to do this addiction podcast this i'm going to share with as many people as possible but um people need to really um you know get educated uh and, and learn, you know, Drug-Free World is an incredible um, foundation that offers uh, education and uh, an app for your phone, coursework you can take for free online. Uh, the DEA has information, NIDA, National Institute on Drug Abuse, NIH, National Institute of Health, but, uh, you know, steeredstraight.org is a great place to jump off because we direct people to all these different places.
0: That's awesome! I, I love what you guys are doing. Are you doing? Um, are you on TV now? Are you doing a TV show, or did you just do a TV show?
1: So we just uh, launched something called America vs Addiction in partnership with Victoria's Voice Foundation. Uh, David and Jackie Siegel, who live in Orlando, Florida, lost their 18-year-old daughter to a drug overdose, and he's dedicated. They have dedicated their entire life. To, uh stopping this uh, from happening. So we th- they've launched a, a platform called America vs. Addiction. And it's on Roku and it's on uh, Firestick, but it's STIR, S-T-I-R-R. It's an app. We have over a hundred channels, but it's 24 hours of addiction and recovery content on the channel America vs. Addiction. So wow. S-T-I-R-R, STIR is the app And America vs. Addiction is one of the hundreds of channels that's available on that platform. You can download it right on your phone, STIR, S-T-I-R-R, or you can um, can download it right on your computer, and you can watch America vs. Addiction. So we put all of our recovery episodes on there. I did a TV show in Philadelphia for five years. There's over 150 episodes of that on there, and all four of our documentary movies are on that platform. 24 hours, America versus addiction.
0: Wow. You know, I want to just say something to our listeners. If you're listening and you have maybe an inkling that your child may or may not be using drugs, you're not really sure. The wrong thing to do is to just not confront it and do nothing. You need to get educated and you need to find out and you need to drug test them if you can't do anything else, because if you're, You're going to be really sorry if you don't really learn about it. Every time we've talked to a parent on this podcast, they, one for one, say they didn't really know and they weren't educated until either the child was a full-blown addict or the child overdosed. And then, you know, then they started to learn about it and you don't want to do that. you got to do it now.
1: That's absolutely true.
0: Cool. Well, Michael, if you had one message to tell our listeners, um, you know, we, we feel we have a lot of people who possibly might be recovered, which is good. But I think we also have a lot of loved ones of people who are addicted, and they don't really know what to do. So if you had one message for them, what would it be?
1: Well, like you just said, I think it's critically important, not not talking about it will not make it go away you know, confronting it is, is what we have to do. So not talking about it won't make it go away. It's uncomfortable. The people call it the elephant in the room for a reason, you know, but how do you get that old joke? How do you, you know, how do you eat an elephant, you know, one bite at a time, you know, you've got to address it. You've got to address it. Don't, you know, you know, the elephant seems too big, but if you stand back further back, you stand from it. You can see the elephant. You've got to address this. Not talking about it won't make you go away. And people who think that there's, you know, some escape through uh, drugs or illicit, uh, you know, mind and mood altering substances or illicit, you know, nicotine or prescription medication, right? Like the anxiety medication. You know, what I always say is there's no such thing as a chemical solution to a spiritual problem. Dealing with that trauma, that unchecked trauma from childhood, that's a spiritual issue. It's a spiritual problem. There's only a spiritual solution. And yeah, I'm talking about prayer. I'm talking about meditation. You know, people are going to like be shocked. You know, I do yoga. I don't do it well. Okay. I do yoga. I started doing yoga about three months ago. Um, Meditation and breathing exercises. Okay. I'm walking more now. Music is my medicine. I can hardly be without music at all. And I'm obsessed with music. I listen to music all the time when I'm driving the truck, when I'm in the stores, when I'm on the road, when I'm in the plane, I got earphones in my uh, ear all the time. Music is is the medicine for my soul. Those are solutions together. And then I talked about it. I'm on the suicide helpline almost every single night. Now I'm dealing with people. I've had seven people, seven people, Kill themselves while they were on the phone talking to me on the suicide helpline. Can you imagine hearing a gun go off seven times and knowing that that person just took their life and you were the last person to hear their breath? It's very, very, very hard to deal with. So I have two people I really talk to a lot. Um, you have to have people that you can talk to. You have to have people that you can lean on and you can vent to and dump, um, you know, I don't punch walls anymore. I got tired of breaking my fingers. And, you know, so I, I do scream, you know, I go outside and scream at the top of my lungs. Sometimes that's, but you know, and I'm not eating my, uh, I I, I went off my diet. I was on a great keto diet and I went off my diet because one of the things for me is comfort foods uh, helps me, but comfort foods for me becomes a problem because sugar and carbs I'm addicted. I'm sugar and carb addicted. I am sugar and carb dependent and I'm sugar and carb. And so once I get comfort foods, I get too much comfort from comfort foods. And I'll eat a box of Krispy Kreme glazed donuts. Uh, by the time I get home from the store, I'm darling. like, I thought you went to get two dozen. I'm like, no, I only got one. Yeah. Cause I ate the other dozen on the way home. So I'm back off of carbs and off of sugar. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, Try to focus on you know uh, fats and proteins and electrolytes and I know better and so when my, my my Angela one of the most brilliant women in the in the well one of the most brilliant minds in the world you know when you know better you do better but sometimes when you know better you don't do better because you know it's easier to do the wrong thing but then in the Bible Paul tells me why do I do what I know I shouldn't do and don't do what I should do so <laughs> it's a spiritual focus that's what i gotta focus on spiritual the spiritual solutions are solutions to spiritual problems not chemical solutions there's no such thing as a chemical solution to a spiritual problem but know what you're uh, dealing with get educated and um and that will help you know more solutions so
0: awesome thank you so much michael for being on the podcast today you rock thank you Thank you for listening today. Once again, Michael's website is steeredstraight.org. You can reach him through that website if you would like him to speak to your school or maybe speak to your child's school. Once again, I'm gonna repeat his message. You need to get educated on what's happening today as regards THC and the fentanyl coming across the borders. Also, he made a very good point. You cannot medicate your way out Of a spiritual problem. So find someone who can help you. There's a lot of different helplines out there. There's a lot of people who are just there to help. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back again next week with another episode. You have been listening to the addiction podcast, point of no return. For more information, reach out to us on Facebook or go to www.theaddictionpodcast.com. Our email is theaddictionpodcast at yahoo.com.